to all of you out there. I'm Andy Kahn, and welcome back to the Jambase Podcast. Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. This episode features my interview with Josh Kiska of Greta Van Fleet. I spoke to Josh recently about the band's new studio album, The Battle at Gardens Gate, which is out now wherever you get your music. We've got that interview coming right up. If you've already subscribed to the Jambase Podcast, you've hit that subscribe button, right? Then you know that we've been rolling out new episodes on a weekly basis. It's a new format we're trying out for the time being, while we get to share with you a bunch of exciting new interviews. After you finish this episode, be sure to check out recent episodes with Eric D. Johnson of Fruit Bats, Charlie Starr of Blackberry Smoke, and Lucas Nelson of Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real. You can also listen to other past interviews from the Jambase podcast and our archive of over 80 episodes dating back to 2017. While you're double-checking your Jambase podcast subscription, make sure to subscribe to the new limited podcast series from Osiris Media, Alive Again. It's an oral history of guitarist Trey Anastasio's career outside of Fish, from the formation of the Trey Anastasio Band in 1999 to the Beacon Jams of 2020. Episode 1, The Architect, premiered this week and featured interviews with Trey and appearances by Tom Marshall, Jennifer Hartswick, Russ Lawton, Jeff Tansky, Oteil Burbridge, and more. If the first episode is any indication, you're not going to want to miss the rest of the Alive Again series. Cheers to our friends at Osiris for the successful launch. Visit Jambase to listen to Alive Again and all of the other Osiris Media podcasts. So now that we've talked about making sure your podcast subscriptions are in order, I'm going to remind you to once again update your Jambase account to follow your favorite bands and venues to keep track of the avalanche of tour dates being announced these days. And Jambase also has all of the latest information on music festivals happening around the world. Are you planning to go see live music this summer? The Jambase Music Festival Essentials Guide has everything you need to make sure your experience is comfortable, safe, and fun. We curated a primo selection of camping gear and campsite accessories, food and beverage must-haves, essential electronics, healthcare and first aid items, and perhaps most importantly, some super fun games for before and after the show. Find it by searching Jambase Music Festival Essentials Guide or visit Jambase. It's pinned to the homepage. I can almost guarantee you'll find something you didn't know you needed for that upcoming festival or concert you have tickets for. All right, now let's get to my interview with Greta Van Fleet frontman Josh Kiska. I spoke to Josh recently over a video call from his new home of Nashville. We focused on the band's new album, The Battle at Gardens Gate, which topped Billboard's rock albums and hard rock albums charts and reached number seven on the Billboard 200. Josh talked about his songwriting process and how the band often works together in the studio to complete songs. He talked about the band's decision to work with renowned producer Greg Kirsten, whose impressive resume includes past work with Paul McCartney, Foo Fighters, Adele, Beck, and many others. Josh detailed working with Greg and how the producer influenced the album and talked about the band's touring plans, which for now includes just a few headlining shows this year. We also talked about the band's move to Nashville, which is what Josh is talking about when the interview picks up. So let's hear a bit of the Battle at Garden Gate single, My Way Soon, to lead us into my interview with Greta Van Fleet frontman, Josh Kiska.
decided they just wanted to get out of LA because it was such a hot, you know, a, a hot spot for the, the virus and, and or let's say if that was a hot bed, that's the word. So they sure. moved here. It was a bit, a bit better, you know, and, um, you know, obviously. So that's, that's been kind of, um, yeah, pretty much we all moved around the same time, but, um, yeah. And it, but the good thing is, um, we've been able to keep busy, you know, we've been playing, you know, a lot and we've been writing a lot and, uh, and we've got a lot of friends, you know, from, you know, uh, musicians that we've played with and have, you know, had, traveled around the world with. And so that that's been kind of good to have, you know? Sure. Definitely. Um, so were you, were you, where did, where were you living before Nashville then? Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere. Just on the road, huh? I mean, honestly, it was just on yeah. the road. We would stay, you know, I mean, we, we, when we weren't touring, we would be, you know, in any given place, you know, it was just kind of random. It was, where do you want to wow. be for a month? And then we get back on the road. So it was fun. And I, we always feared domestication. I, at least I could speak for Jake and I would just don't, don't like the idea. And, and, and uh, 2020, you know, there was no, there's no option, you know, it was so, forced domestication for the whole yeah. world. <laughs> but as, and as soon as, as soon as, you know, we can, we're like, let's get, let's get out of here, you know, let's get to the next place. You know, I don't like being in one place for too long. Right. So um, let, let's talk about uh, your, your album, The Battle at Garden's Gate. Um, it, it, when did you record it? It was, it was before the pandemic then, I assume, right? Yeah, actually. Yeah. There was um, kind of a really strange um, recording timeline. We started recording in the summer of 2019, we're pretty much finished with the album. I mean, we were, we were recording... Um, um, it, it, on and off around, you know, like a vigorous tour mm-hmm. campaign. And, and so um, we allowed ourselves two chunks, you know, of uh, the summer of 2019 to, to really roll up our sleeves and focus a little bit more on, on the uh, in studio recording process. Yes. Whereas previous albums, it was even a little bit more sporadic. Um, oh, wow. so, um, we wanted to do 12 songs and with the shows we were going to be announcing in, uh, 2020, right. There was, uh, gonna only, there was only going to be room <clears throat> or time to record 10. So it was the summer of 2020 that we took a, um, we took an RV from Nashville and we drove it to LA and oh, we wow. recorded the last two tracks, which made it a 12 song album, which okay. I, and that would be Caravel and the Barbarians were those two songs. And it's, um, yeah, I can't imagine the album without them. And it's like, it was the album that we wanted to, to, to put out. They, they really tied the album together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, uh, can you tell me about your, your songwriting process? Are you the type of person that's always writing or, or do they come in bursts? Um, are you a note taker? Uh, do you, do you do the voice memos? How, how, how do your songs come together? 
All of it. It's all of that. It's just, it's like a swirling. I I don't even know that we have a process, but I think that's probably just a lot of artists, but um, yeah, it can, sometimes it does, it comes, it comes in bursts, you know, where all of a sudden you're Mm -hmm. an idea after the next, after after the next. And when we're together writing together, that process is generally that it's just sort of just happens. But, um, when we're writing independently and bringing an idea and, and or introduce this concept to this thing, then that's, that's, that seems to be the beginning of the birth of a song. Um, and um, yeah. And I, and of course I record little ideas, you know, from like sort of just singing around trying some things and playing the piano and going, Oh, that's good. good. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just borrow that melody for a track that's completely different and it seems right. to, seems to allow me to get outside of the song at hand and sort of like, well, what was this very different thing? And then, and then sort of marry the two and that creates a very unique uh, sort of thing. And you mentioned you, you got, you get together with the other members of the band to write. And I've noticed that you all tend to have share songwriting credits. Um, But, but do you, do you see each other playing specific roles in songwriting? Like, do you guys kind of have your, your, avenues that you follow and, and and things that you give to each song i think a little bit but okay. um ultimately it's sort of i mean we'll take our own it's like i'll do the vocal stuff and jake will do all of the string stuff and sam will do all bass and keys and daniel all drum stuff but mm-hmm. it, it sort of um i can jump on the on the keys or daniel can jump on the keys and uh, you know, Sam can jump on the drums or I can jump on the drums with Jake and try the vocal thing. And so it's like, you know, we kind of push and pull and and sort of fumble through and find eventually it finds itself. Um, but um, yeah, no, it, and it, so everybody, everybody's I mean, everybody's a, a great songwriter and Jake, Sam and Danny are, are really great songwriters. So um, and that's what I think, especially Daniel is one thing that people don't seem to understand is he's, he's a fantastic guitar player. And he's an incredible song. Oh, wow. So, um, um, but <clears throat> yeah, so it, it is incredibly fun that that's the way that things seem to come together, but we don't like putting things on conveyor belts. We we're not like, you know, manufacturing uh-huh. something. We like it, you know, to just sort of flow and feel right and be honest and organic. So that's been very important to what we do. And is that sort of a constantly evolving process with you guys, with the way that you're writing songs? Yeah. Yeah. It's constantly sort of uh, ever changing. And it's like when time changes, things change and then we change with it. And, um, and so, yeah, and it's, it's always sort of a matter of how weird can we get or how far can we push this thing? And then at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you can always pull it back, but it's like, you have to kind of be, be that sort of astronaut or that psychedelic pioneer trying to kind of go, what do we, can we do? And, um, and it's sort of like the, 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 the nature of play or the function of play seems to be creation. It's sort of like, you know, in, invention happens when, when you just sort of don't allow yourself parameters or boundaries. And then that's, that's kind of a, a philosophy of ours as well. So do you do a lot of improvisation when you're in the studio together? Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> sometimes that'll be a whole day at the studio is just yeah playing and communicating non-verbally for yeah. you know 12 hours and then, working out the jams. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course you take that energy out of the studio and you take it into the bars down the street and, you know, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, did, do, do you then, so before you go to the studio, do you guys do extensive demoing together? Yeah. Um, we, we do it. It's kind of, I mean, it's, that's an ever changing process as well. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be so consistent. Sometimes we'll record it as though it were being recorded to be, to, to be finished and put on an album. I think just to explore some of the, the, the technical production stuff that we want to try, try on. And, um, okay. And sometimes it's a very stripped down idea that, you know, we just sort of um, it's the bare bones of the song. Um, and, and, so, and of course, well, and sometimes it's not even finished, but once we take mm-hmm. it in the studio, sometimes either it's completely there. If it's something we've been playing live for whatever reason, you know, just acting as yeah. sort of a transition piece that we wanted to turn into a song, then that's mostly there except for, you know, I mean, I mean, vocals, particularly, maybe there's the weight of dreams was that song we were playing it live. It was born at soundcheck, you know, over so many uh, mm-hmm. shows and we took it and we played it in the show as a transition. And, uh, and then I, when we recorded it, I, I totally revamped all of the vocals and did different, there was different vocal melody, uh, different lyrics. Um, so that's kind of one example, but yeah, that when, when we take that stuff in the studio and th- then there's like all of a sudden that, either it's all there or most of the time it's not, you know, necessarily yeah, a fully yeah. formed thing. Um, but we like the songs to at least, you know, um, live a life and sort of become wiser. Uh, and that, that can happen, you know, it's sort of, um, what's a good example. Um, Heat Above was written four years ago and we just never put it on okay. an album. Oh, and wow. so when it came time to, to, to we thought, okay, this album, this would be perfect for this <clears throat> Battle of Gardens Gate. Yeah. <clears throat> so, it's a great um, introduction for sure. Yeah. We thought that was kind of like, it, I mean, it, nobody really talked about it. It was sort of, we just knew that that was going to be the first mm-hmm. track, um, wow. which is really interesting at some point when you acknowledge that. Ultimately, there are things like um, Tears of Rain was sort of built in the studio, not built, but it, was, it came together in the studio. I mean, there right. was basically kind of an idea of the, the verses or the riff at the beginning of the track. And then we just kind of got in there and <clears throat> I think it was like three three days or something. We had recorded the thing and it was, it was just completely different than what we thought it was going to be. But yeah. So that, that's a really lengthy answer to your question, but it's kind of but like, no, it's great. I mean, that, that really gives an insight into how the process works and how, you know, you, you start from different elements of a song and it, it either is, is kind of fully formed from the get go or, or it works its way out through getting together in the studio and really focusing on it. Right. Yeah, totally. 
So, so when you got into the studio, you were with uh, Greg Kirsten, who who produced the record. Um, he's obviously got an incredible resume, um, which is, I'm sure, part of the reason why you wanted to work with him. But what in particular about Greg made you made him attractive to work with? I think it was the sound that he's able to. Well, that was one thing: was the sound that he was able to achieve, and that was what we wanted to. I think we thought it was an appropriate um, production for this album. And um, it's um, kind of the artists that he, he'd he been working with, you know, it's sort of like mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, Adele, uh, the Foo Fighters and, and some, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, That's literally yeah. who I have listed on my notes here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus Beck. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, we just, the catalog was really impressive, but it was like, we wanted to meet Greg and his name is at the top of our list. So, you know, who we'd want to produce. Um, and so we met with him at his, 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 uh, home studio, uh, at the time. And, uh, we just kind of hit it off and his, his, uh, his depth of, of musical history and insight is really, really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, he is a multi-instrumentalist and a fantastic player. So that was a huge appeal that he was, he was, you know, able to understand from a more technical standpoint, what we were doing musically, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he is, he was just sort of like, would, um, kind of play the fly on the wall a bit. And then when there was uh conflict or when there was, uh, um, when there was, um, I guess he's the, he would be the mediator, right. He would step mm-hmm. in. So that was really great. Um, uh, and yeah, so I think it really kind of worked out that way. And when we were trying to explore some some ideas, um, Greg would jump on bass while Sam was able to just focus on the keys and not the bass pedals so he could get this thing formed. So it was like that kind of thing was really helpful. Um, and he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Oh, really? I mean, how, just, how, how so? How- I mean, just some of this really intense wit and he would do things that you wouldn't expect to come out of him or, or do he's kind of he's a very eccentric and, and very uh yeah it, it, there must be some kind of insane sort of uh iq or weird portal that he's come out of <laughs> absolute like, brilliance yeah yeah it was just sort of like th- things that you just get um you know crying because it's so funny and that was i think also very helpful again that sort of energy that mode uh, of, of just playing and exploring who's quite good in that and he sort of like would go to his car and would meditate every day. So it'd be like, we had our little like pro- pro- production guru, you know, and he brought mm-hmm. in some really brilliant people who we've uh, kept in good touch with um, who are fantastic engineers. And, and uh, oh, wow. we've learned a lot from, from them. And, and we've, I mean, we've experimented with all kinds of things. We're just sort of even playing like with some sort of setup where we would have a light bulb and Jake would play the guitar and the light bulb would sort of, uh, pulsate and it was just the weirdest stuff I, you know you can imagine yeah. yeah that sounds exciting though it sounds like it's uh something that would keep you wanting to keep trying new things right oh entirely yeah um so what was like a typical day in the studio like with him i mean you mentioned he would take breaks to to meditate but were you putting in full days you, uh, this was i assume what you're talking about during those kind of chunks of time when you were focused on recording were you were you putting in full days yeah, there were some really full days. And of course, uh, it would start to trickle down and it would be sort of 
Uh, Sam's there all that day or Danny's, but most of the time we all just try to get into one place. I know I'm, I'm late for like everything, but I live, but it's sort of like I can be on an entirely different schedule and, it, you know, still kind of works. But um, yeah, initially, first off, it was like 12 hour days, um, kind of five days in a row. And and so that was pretty intense. We were sort of like living in that studio space. Um, but um, then it sort of started to become a little bit more um, sort of inconsistent. But I think that that's probably just the natural way. It's like mm-hmm. people would trickle in when they trickled in and right. Uh, right. we would just sort of start, you know, uh, working on more ind- independent things. And, and then, of course, sort of, uh, you know, analyzing what, each stem or which each track is doing. And, and we really, in, in, in that regard, it's such a layered album. It's, it's so big that we were constantly pulling things out, but we wanted to try them. So it was like, does that really, is that necessary to be in, mm-hmm. in this, in this, you know, um, display of layers. So it's like we would remove stuff and it was, and that was always where the conflict was because it, you know, if it was, yeah, I was going to say, is that when Greg was doing a lot of the, the mediating then? Yeah, he, he's pretty good about it. Very chill. And, and we could be, you know, Jake and I especially can, um, <laughs> yeah. there's a bit of friction, you know, and, mm-hmm. and if it's not your track and you think, well, that's kind of unnecessary or that's just plain shit, isn't it? Then, then, <laughs> then it was really, you know, but that's the good thing about, I guess there's the uh, benefit of being brothers or something, you know, it was mm-hmm. kind of like, you get, you feel more comfortable going, yeah, that's, that's complete right. shit. So yeah, you could definitely be honest with that person yeah. for sure. Um, and so then that, there would be the conflict there. But um, everybody's trying. I mean, everybody was really being very, you know, reasonable. So it, like, it's pretty, pretty easy process. But it was like so hard initially to really wrap your head around it. Listening to it a thousand times, it's like, well, it doesn't really. And then there's that inner conflict. So, right. But at, at this point, you know, it's like when we were finished not that you know there was ever a moment where we're like we've done it um it's uh it's i think well i'm very proud of it and um and glad that every piece is in there that is in there definitely um you should be proud of it it's a great record um to achieve it did you have a lot of discussions ahead of time with greg and the other members of the band about sort of the intent to get to so that when you were done you you did get to a point where you were pleased with the with the output yeah we kind of took it track by track and then of course you've got all of a sudden Mm -hmm. five tracks going but i didn't get too much um too i think we didn't step on our own toes or anything um and um yeah I, i think it was sort of just trying on a new song once we feel like we had one almost finished and it would just kind of trickle that way um gotcha and so, yeah, but, um, but it was kind of like maybe we would wrap some stuff up there, but it's like reading two books at once or something is kind of mm-hmm. what it felt. And it was, it wasn't very clear as to, it, there was no roadmap. We just kind of thought, well, we've got, let, out of all of this, these bag, bag of tricks or all of these songs, let's, uh, let's do what we feel. So when we get to that point, we get into the studio. It's like, well, what do we want to try next? And what do we want to lay next? And what does this need? And what does that mean? So that's kind of how it would go. And it would be a conversation between all of us and Greg. And, and so, um, yeah, and it was a pretty smooth process. And, and so now are you, I mean, I, I only asked this because, uh, the record has come out. Are you working on new stuff now? Or have you are, do you, have you already turned your attention to new stuff? 
Absolutely. As soon as we put an an album out, it's like already working on the next one with just constant. Um, Yeah, no, already working on the next album, but it's uh, the one thing that this album hasn't had is the, the, live show it's not been played in front of an audience i was just about to ask yeah we've been playing it you know and we've been it's an album where you you're everybody's using every limb literally and uh but we've been playing it to a brick wall so what good is that mm-hmm. um so um but so you, I, you're, I love you're figuring it out for, for the road you're getting ready you're getting road tested yeah i mean and it's such a blast to play you know we just get together to just play it and experiment yeah. with it you know um, see what what we can make of it in a, in a, in a live. And so, you know, doing things that are unconventional and chunking the songs out. Maybe there's a, a new piece here that bridges these two things, but it's, so it's just like really exploring it, ripping it apart and reassembling it. Um, but um, yeah, we've, I, I'm excited to be able to share that with people in the live um, sense. And then of course we're already sort of working on the next, um, next album. We we've been talking to some people. And doing that kind of thing. Yes, yes. On to the next one. Um, so, but you're, you're for, as far as the live shows go, you guys have announced eight shows for this year. And mm-hmm. the announcement mentioned that they're your only headlining shows. Uh, so you, you guys are keeping it kind of trimmed down this year, huh? Still, still, yeah, still not going to go full tilt yet? No, I think we wanted to play it a bit safe, but we wanted to create a, a unique experience. Uh, and so we decided we would do, uh, kind of residency shows, you know, we would do mm-hmm. a couple here, a couple there. And, um, and we thought it should be more of a, more of a, almost like going to a Renaissance fair in a way, but it's, it's like, so we wanted to have, we wanted to call it something. We thought strange horizons would be perfect. So, mm-hmm. and, and it is sort of now uh, the next chapter, there is the new era and there, there's this right. new album and so that's that's now a, a part of the Greta Van Fleet universe. It's part of the family of that swirling space. So we wanted to create a, a production and an experience that people could come in and and sort of uh, take a take a step into that world. And so that's kind of what these are going to be as well. And um, so that's the Strange Horizons concept. That's where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So the the. The, we are definitely the, the horizon is strange for all of us these days, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we thought it might be an appropriate uh, title. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get going in a second, but I got to ask you something that I, I've I've always wanted to ask somebody who who has a singing voice like yours, and it's how, how did you discover it? Like, you know, I, I can I can pick. It's not an instrument. You can't just practice and get better. You know, you're either born with it or not. And how do you? How like when did you first realize? that you can do with your voice, what you can do. I don't think that it was ever just necessarily discovering my voice. I think as a child, I would, you know, sing and that was just a natural inclination. And, and, okay. uh, and eventually we would, you know, start playing what was really kind of blues music. Um, mm-hmm. And of course I tried that thing on. It was like, I wanted to sound like, howling wolf or something and it's like it was all right but i just sort of like was all of a sudden going well aretha franklin is that's probably like one of the i mean that's i eat probably my favorite singer it was like and then you've got like sam and dave and wilson pickett who's incredible Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. you know, and then there's all of those other, you know, rock and roll singers who were mm -hmm. um, kind of pulling from a lot of that blues and a lot of that soul that I thought were really interesting and actually very strange. So I, I don't know, I, I end up kind of marrying a bunch of things and, um, but it wasn't like I was forcing a sound. It wasn't that I was kind of manufacturing, you know, I wasn't putting the, this thing together. Right. And, um, eventually just kind of like found that place. And I must've blown my voice out plenty of times um before you know if it, if it hurts don't do it that's something i was like you know learning um do you have yeah. a, have you had a mentor like was there somebody early on that recognized you know you at a young age had a had a talent for singing and and has have you had any mentors uh not necessarily i mean i've had a lot of um encouragement really um, yeah. And that was, I think, really the push to keep going forward and doing it. But I was doing it because I enjoyed it. And uh, did you sing in was, school and stuff? Like, were you in school choirs or, or church I, choirs or anything like that? I was in like a choir course. And that was mostly just to raise hell with a very close buddy of mine. <laughs> and they, they, we were the only two guys in the, in the, in the, in the class. So they had us singing bass. So I was oh, singing bass and he's a very <laughs> big guy with this huge diaphragm who has this, you know, uh -huh. uh, that very low voice. And, and I, I do not. So, but that was, but that, yeah, that wasn't going to be the discovery of your, of no. your. And then I did theater, which is then they were doing music okay. theater stuff. So I was singing in, in, in that way as well. All different, very different styles of singing, really, now that I think of it. but Yeah, that's wild. Nothing really sounds like it leads to being the frontman of a rock band. No, <laughs> yeah. not at all. Yeah. But then yeah. I kind of hit this and everything just was sort of like his history. It's like in retrospect. Was um, there ever an aha moment, though, where you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm a rock and roll singer. That's what I should do. That's what my voice is. Yeah, I think to a degree. Um, it was really when I think I was trying to do more of the Aretha Franklin thing. It was like I could I found that I was able to do a lot more things. There was a lot more nuances and there was more dynamic going on mm -hmm. when I was able to go into those high range places and it and it felt really natural. So yeah, I think there was kind of a, a moment where where I realized that was what I wanted to to do and that was like, oh, this is this is my voice. Wow. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. well, it's, it's terrific. It sounds great on the new record. Um, it, it sounds great in concert. I saw you guys in San Francisco a couple years ago. So cool. hope, hope to get to see you again soon out on the road. Hopefully, um, you know, things get back to normal and, and, uh, the touring and, and you can be a nomad again soon. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to, I so said, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, uh, they they go. Well, I haven't seen your live show yet, so I love when I get to talk to somebody who has. You know? Oh yeah, we saw you. We saw you at the the Bill Graham. I'm, a lot of us at Jam Base went and saw you, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a hell of a show, man. You guys definitely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was I think impressive. What, what you'll see um, uh, probably now, and it would be quite different from then. You know, I think. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, but, definitely, definitely. But, yeah. The whole world's different. Everything's different. I know it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your time today, man. Good luck with everything. Um, enjoy Nashville. Yeah, thank you. All right, cheers. Thank you.
that brings us to the end of this episode of the Jam Base Podcast. Thanks to all of you out there for listening. Thanks also to Josh for taking some time to talk with me. Be sure you check out the new Greta Van Fleet album, The Battle at Gardens Gate. Thanks also to Jake Alexander for helping produce the episode. We'll be back soon. So in the meantime, stay safe out there and go see live music. Music.